0: No matter your skin color, no matter your age, we are all writing our futures in pencil. Yeah. this is a moment. You only call me when you need something. I need to be free. Well, folks, that was Michelle Obama's podcast. Excuse me. That is former First Lady Michelle Obama's podcast that we just played a clip on. Freak F is so good. God cheese and crackers, pig knuckles. I don't mean to curse. Freak, her podcast is so good. Why the freak am I doing a podcast, man? Freak, I, I shouldn't even be doing this, man. Michelle Obama's Pat Frisky, Former First Lady Michelle Obama. President, let's, let me break this down. Michelle Obama is like, she's the auntie that your uncle marries. Like, you love your uncle, but you really love his wife more than you more than him because she fits right into the family Michelle Obama is like the aunt that if you are from the south that lives up in DC and she comes down and brings you nothing but gifts or when your mother yells at you you call your aunt and she goes I got a few minutes baby what's wrong that's Michelle Obama's pa- Michelle Obama is like that aunt that lives in DC but she sells Mary Kay and she's high on Mary Kay. So when you're sad, she sends you a face wash cream to make you feel good. God, cheese and crackers. Why the freak am I doing this podcast? Who am I? I'm a freaking fraud. Well, I don't mean, I'm not a fraud, but God, she got her own theme song music. Why don't you call me? Come on. <sighs> well, This podcast is sponsored by Frontline Roofing and Restoration. Frontline Roofing and Restoration is a locally owned business specializing in residential roofing, commercial roofing, and restoration projects. So if you're in the state of Ohio, you need to call this number, 513-375-7050. And if you use the promo code O-M-O-T-A-H, you have a free inspection of your roof and for storm damage. So ladies and gentlemen, if you don't do that, also you can go to their website, www.frontlineroofinggoohio.com. Dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, also, also, we would like to shout out a Black creator is my friend Jalisa. Jalisa has a wonderful YouTube channel uh, with her husband and her soon-to-be baby called Juju Couture, and we'll be plugging that Juju Couture is them doing fun recipes and. Fun recipes, doing couple stuff, doing yoga together. That's very cutesy, and I love it. Love it. It's funny. I, I think it's personally funny. It's going to be Juju Couture. We're going to plug that inside our description. But you have to put it exactly as Juju as in one word. Because if you put Juju space Juju space Couture, you're going to see a little kid's yeshiva or someone having their uh, or having their brisk. Bris is when you snip the, uh, the, the penis bone. No, it's not. It's when you cut the extra skin off. No, a bris is when you name the child. But Juju Kator. Maybe that is her nickname. Or maybe she's Jewish. I don't know. She's Jewish. Yatsvi. <laughs> Yachitscha. But uh yeah, that is uh that is uh my friend. That's what we're plugging today. Michelle Obama, former first lady I don't I you never want to disrespect Miss Michelle Obama, but freak F. Why the freak am I doing this? Po- okay, now I remember. Oh, it's podcast, sorry. This podcast is about being alone for your own thoughts, and that's what I'm alone thinking about. And this podcast is dedicated to a few people. Uh, This podcast, why am I doing it? I'm doing this podcast for Dishong, E. Shong, Lil Mama, and her friends, Lisa, Teresa, Maria, Tia, Leah, and Kim. I love y'all bras, no disrespect to my dogs, but I love y'all bras. Yeah, I love y'all bras. To the ladies, having babies without no drama. To me, with figures, say, I love my baby mama. I bought the shoes and tattoos and even fit your chest. I put side and plot and put an S on your chest. Okay, that uh, that was Manny Fresh in the lyrics project, chick. And I do this podcast for my great-great-grandkids who aren't there yet, little Jared Michael Waters, the 18th. Hopefully my son names his son after me. I'm going to name my third child, Jared Michael Waters, the 14th. And I'm going to tell him to name his kid that, and they're going to keep going. We're not going to do the juniors. We're just going to go 15th, 16th, 17th, like we're British royalty, and they're going to keep making them. And I want to tell my son, that he's the 14th and tell him there's 13 other jerries that he has to find that to get his inheritance that's what i'm freaking going to do but uh yeah what's going on in this world man it's been a it's been a good week it's been a good week of been a good week of comedy good week of a good week of everything new york city we had a hurricane we're on phase 4 now phase 4 is Everyone's outdoor restaurants, but our, our mayor, Bill de Blasio, says that it's going to continue in 2021. So what's happening right now is the streets are, it does look nice. The streets are filled with all these outdoor restaurants and outdoor patios. But if you feel, if you go over the, the limit of people, they'll suspend your liquor license, right? So now people are... These restaurants are really surviving a little bit. They're surviving a little bit, but I know when that cold weather comes, <laughs> whoo, buddy. Hey, hey. I don't know if people are going to be outside like that. Uh, but, you know, countries, you know, country's doing better, I think. I don't know. It's like uh, Florida or Georgia, they're about to start school. So, you know, they, I saw this picture where it's just like. This kid got suspended because he took a picture of what like in the Georgia schools packed out. Then 200 teachers got COVID. <sighs> you know, we're in a pandemic, folks, so no one knows how to adjust. Uh, everyone back home in Florida, they're going to start a first month online teaching because the cases are so big in Florida. And, you know, the governor's really effed up. If it wasn't for that other governor that wasn't getting caught up in a room with uh, some uh, prostitutes, maybe he would have changed it. I don't know. What's his name? I forgot his name, but that's what's happening in New York City uh this week of comedy has been good i uh so there's there's different ways in comedy right so what's happening like I said last week is like all the big dogs have infiltrated the swamp right the swamp is what I'm in. I'm gonna consider it the swamp you can call me a gator, you can call me an alligator. you can call me a gator, right so there's different oh freak, oh holy f. I'm about to embrace my four-year anniversary this next week. I'll do a – okay, next week. I'm talking out loud. I'll do a four-year and wrap up my four years. So what's happening now is a lot of the comedy clubs are closed, right? A lot of the comedy clubs are closed. So like comics, we know how to put on shows. We put on shows anywhere. They're just – we're like wrestlers. We can go do a show anywhere. It could be on a roof. It could be outside. It could be pretty much on the street. I've done stand-up on a train before. I did stand-up on a train. And it is very hard to do it on a train because you got about two minutes and twenty one seconds. You got about really seventy nine seconds to make somebody laugh because the train's gonna stop. So you got seventy nine seconds to make somebody laugh, and a lot of people think you're gonna sing on a train, so people don't want to hear it. So as soon as you hear, as soon as you hear the microphone, people are like, "Oh, freak! Here come somebody asking for money." So it's completely different doing stand up on a train and you have to be clean. You have to be clean on a train and you have to hit fast because there's kids on the train. So I did it for like maybe sev- 5 hours. Me and three other comics, we get on a train and we go down towards This is like this is like 2 years, 2 years ago, 2 2 or 3 years ago. And this comic goes, "Jerry, you want to come on the train?" I'm like, "Yep." So we get on the train and it's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking because if you bomb on that train, <laughs> you just got to go to the next car. If it's bad, you go to the next car. Or you pass, it's like hot potato. You pass the mic back to someone else. So me, uh, Reggie, Reggie did the podcast. His episode is about, uh, so me, Reggie, it's comic named Drex and Ishmael in a comic named Foster Rhodes. She did it. But uh, she was uh, very filthy. <laughs> Like you can't be talking about your lady parts in front of like four-year-old kids or they're just like, what is going on? And then people are moving out the way. So we do it. So the art form is, so it's like the art form is anything can go, right? So a lot of the comics who have climbed up the success ladder, they don't got to do this stuff anymore, you know? Because a weekend doing an hour for five nights is five hours, right? Five, six hours. They're doing six shows on the weekend. Six hours, right? Six hours. Pretty much if you reach the success of your career where you're a headliner, you're doing like maybe six hours a weekend. Six hours a weekend beats getting up 50 times in New York City. Getting up 50 times in the city is like when you're a made man. So a lot of comics cannot hit the road anymore because some of these states have closed. So some comedians are staying inside New York. So as they're inside New York these comics that are down here are working with comics they've never worked with before. So, the comics who are putting on these outdoor shows, some of them are not the caliber of comedians that they're working with. So it's a glitch in the Matrix where you can get anybody because all these comics are hungry for stage time, so you work with people that you probably dreamed about working with. you know, And you're probably realizing now that they're just regular people. It's regular people and you have a conversation. So, Monday, Monday I do this show, Monday, where the freak was it at? Freak, where was that show Monday? Monday I do a show called, I think it's called The Park. Did the show out there, it was a park, It's really good. Then Tuesday it rained. It rained really bad. That's the only sucky part about, uh, excuse me. 5 o'clock in the morning for me, but eff it. I'm up. I like getting up early in the morning. I do my Tybo workouts from home because the gyms are freaking closed. And I'm what you call a gym rather, right? like getting that gym and picking up that iron and putting that iron down and picking it back up and putting it back down. So I do Tybo workouts every morning with Billy Blanks and his wife and his child. So if I feel like slacking off, I'm like, if well, this kid can do it, I can freaking do it. Oh, Okay. So Tuesday it rained, so Tuesday it rained, so all the comedy shut down because it's like a hurricane. Oh, freak, there he goes. All right, okay, there was a hurricane. That explains it. So a hurricane hit, and this hurricane, it ain't no Florida hurricane, but in New York, all these trees, I guess, are, are crippled or something. But as soon as the wind blows, just branches are flying off. So I have to go check on my car. I go on my car, make sure I clean the outside, move all these tree branches out the way. But half of New Jersey doesn't have electricity. Brooklyn doesn't have electricity. There it is. was all making sense. Uh, but Harlem, we got it. So in Harlem, we got electricity. So that's what happened Tuesday. So Wednesday, I remember because this comedian, I said, oh, some hurricane. Because so I'm from Florida. Some hurricane. And this comedian wrote me, my daughter doesn't have electricity right now. And my daughter needs help. And I'm trying to be nice. But I'm like, who the F are you? <laughs> I didn't ask you for your freaking opinion. But I was being nice. I was like, I'm sorry for your daughter, man. Hopefully she gets... She gets uh she gets help, you know. But so that's happened like that, right? So Wednesday Wednesday all my shows got kinda like delayed. So Wednesday I go to the show called Take It Outside Comedy. And I do what this thing called we network, right? You go to a place, especially a place that you wanna be on the show, you gotta introduce yourself, meet the uh the people who run the show. I know one dude who runs the show, the other dude I'd never met before, but it turns out he knows exactly who I am and he knows my last name. And he goes, you're Jared Waters? I said, that is right, sir, and you are? He goes, oh, I met you at a show you did at a, the barbershop. I said, oh, what's up, brother? How's everything? And he goes, you know I'm going to get you on the show. I said, well, bust out the calendar right now, baby. So we exchange information, so we get on that show. And then Thursday, I was supposed to do this show in a park, right? Do the show in the park, but I went to this show Horseplay because I know I can always finesse there and get on. But the problem is now, not the problem is, but now all these other comedians have realized they don't want to be in the house anymore, and the ones that are scared are no longer scared. And when you get these credits, it's just like you go to the front of the line. So now people are just like, oh, we're all flooding these shows. I'm like, freak, I should have told everyone. So so now I was like, I got to find a new Thursday spot, right? I had a consistent Thursday spot every 15 minutes. I would bounce around. So now I found a new Thursday spot. Friday, I did the show... Friday, I did this show called uh, Freak. What did I do? Friday it rained. Oh, freak! Yeah, God, yeah. When I say it's been a good week, I'm like, man, it was good to have rain, but the rain drowned out everything. And then Saturday, Saturday, I did two shows. My friend Paul runs a show out in Brooklyn. Me and Paul, he's from one of the first comedians I met. He lives in my, he's from Miami, Florida. And that's how we bonded. And uh, he did a spot, and then I did a shot on the roof, a spot on the roof at this place called the Barber Shop. So that was good. It was good. The only problem was they didn't have a, a lamp set up there. So as soon as it got dark, I know people couldn't see who the f I was. They they try to see. They're like they're kind of they could see me as like behind New York City as a backdrop, but they realize it's black dudes up here and we're in the dark. And it's just me the whole time. Was like you fight in the dark, but I was born in it, molded by it. I haven't seen the light till I was a young man. So, yeah, I'm bursting my four-year anniversary, so next week I'll talk about my four years in New York. Big news going on. Freaking, uh, Ellen, replace Ellen DeGeneres. That is, that's what's going on, man. A lot of people, emails, how do I feel about that, man? Honestly, man, it's just, Ellen is 61 years old. Like, what what older woman that you don't know is going to be a nice woman? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to be? I think the problem is that when people think someone's nice and they're not nice, people feel like more hurt about it. But who's, like like I said last week, who the freak's going to say something nice about their former boss? Freaking nobody. It's crazy that people are coming out to defend her, but it's like people with all this baggage. <laughs> so Kevin Hart's like, she's always treated me, and they just like, screw you, Kevin. Nope, we still remember what you did. <laughs> I think Ellen can survive. Uh, who would I replace her with? Steve Harvey, but Steve Harvey, they don't want to put Steve Harvey back on TV. Just replace Ellen with Ellen, you know what I mean? I think it's the pandemic hurt her the worst because she fired, she kind of like didn't pay her staff, and the staff was like, you're not paying us, F you, you know what I mean? Most of the time to get rid of problems is you just got to pay somebody. You pay somebody, they're happy. But, you know, somebody said replace Ellen DeGeneres with Tiffany Pollard. that's the girl from I Love New York. From uh, from Flavor Flav, but that's a definitely a bad idea. <laughs> that's that's definitely a bad idea. I heard the story. I forget. I can tell the story, uh, cause people keep talking about her meanness and her nastiness. But I just, I don't know her personally. But this guy who used to work for her told me this. This comedian I met, he's semi famous, but he told me the story when he, he was driving me in his car about Ellen thirty years ago. He said like when Ellen was doing comedy, she was always She was like a beast because she had to be tough because she was the only woman out there. So she was competing with all these guys. And at the time, not at the time, she was was a lesbian. So she had to be tough. She had to make sure nobody was trying to get over on her. So her business was tight. And he said the rumor was when she got the ABC show is that people were not performing to their ability on the show. Like the writers are kind of lazy. So she was very strict on the show. So they said, we're working for Ellen. You had to be on your game because she wanted the best show. So eventually, ABC got kind of tired of, like, fighting back with her, with her. when She was negotiating her contract. This is all what this comedian told me. So ABC goes, well, we're firing you, right? So Ellen always had her trump card. Her trump card was that her coming out of the closet, right? So it was a big deal, but she didn't want to just... Just say everyone knew what was going on, but no, she didn't want to do it on season one. So as they do it, as they're about to close or end her show, when she comes out the closet, it's just like, oh, wow, we're canceling your show. But it's like you're canceling the show because now I am out. So ABC was in a pickle of like, oh, freak, are we penalizing her for being this? As they really wanted to cancel her show because they didn't want to pay her all this money or they tell the show was ended, the show had a new wind of life because now she's more interesting because... She's came out the closet, she does everything else, but she loses her show, right? So ABC then owes her a favor. This is all allegedly what this comic told me. Uh, This comic, I'm not gonna say her name because she's actively doing it. So she's, this comic is inside the gay community as well. So she's sitting there telling me this story. And you know, I don't know if I believe all of it, but this is what she's telling me. So she's saying that Ellen really was just always five steps ahead of people. So as you owe that favor to somebody, you're thinking, who needs a TV show? And Ellen does her show, and they're like, we always loved Ellen, and we kind of did Ellen wrong because her show got canceled when the most interesting thing about her life was revealed to the public. So as she got this show, she knows how to finesse. That's what he said. She said, excuse me, it was a female. It's I ah, freak, I'm already all right. This is what this comic said. We'll say he or she, whatever. This comic said. So he said that Ellen is always just light years ahead, light years ahead of everything else. So that's what they said they said, like at the end, they got tired of negotiating with her, and then when they started her show t v show Ellen, when they negotiated with her, she had a bigger advantage because now she had the people with her, and people wanted to know where did Ellen go, and she's fun, she's friendly, and boom, that's how she got the show, but hopefully I don't it doesn't really concern me, but hopefully something happens. She's put a lot of kids on a lot of a lot of people have done the show, so hopefully it goes well. Uh prayers up to my friend. My my friend Bern uh Bernardina is uh you know a little sick, but we we praise up, she's getting better. That's that's the good thing. Uh big news The Rock uh buys the XFL for fifteen million dollars. He bought a company, the Vincent Man. It's crazy because the headlines were The Rock bought the XFL, but in reality we should be celebrating his wife, his ex wife, excuse me is Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia and The Rock were married, and they're business partners. Imagine you doing business with your ex. Can you do that? Can you do that? Obviously, they have to be good friends, and she is the first, the first, the first woman who owns a sports team. That should be the headlines. I know The Rock is there, but his wife is his partner, and she's the very first woman to own an entire sports league, independent from a team. She was an architect that acquisitioned this whole league. So congratulations to Miss Danny garcia and they have a daughter together simone and she's a wrestler which is amazing so they bought the xfl i think it's kind of crazy how vincent man every time he does anything outside of wrestling he fails (laughs) it's not funny but it's just like he lost 100 million dollars to make this league and then the pandemic kind of like torpedoed, and now the rock's like whoop we got it excuse me miss garcia and dwayne johnson got the rock so that's cool that's freaking cool other big news The PlayStation 5 is coming out. So shout out to all you gamers, but the PlayStation 4 controller will not work with PlayStation 5 games. So you got to get a whole new system, which is typical with PlayStation. Well, usually you could get, yeah, the PlayStation 5 is doing that. So the PlayStation 5 is going there. Uh, A lot of these emails have asked me about Miss Laura Tico, and Laura is a therapist. So the reason why we have so much good Uh, chemistry and how she could play off anything because we've met each other in Israel, but she's a therapist. So she knows how to like jump in your head and we know how to jump in each other's heads. I met Laura three years ago when we were in Israel. That's what said, where we met. And it was very fun like being out there. And, uh, she actually made me identify what she said to myself. What she said to me was that, uh, my lady tells me all the time that I am very charming, right? And I'm not just trying to toot my own horn. But meaning that, you know, you know how to make a person feel good. I think when you grow up around the world, you immediately know how to connect with a person because I'm good at seeing people who might look like outcasts. So when I met her, she looked like an outcast. And I was just being nice. And then after you be nice, she thought that I was attempting to to a fidato with her but uh no that was just me doing that but it <laughs> uh but it was it was fun it was fun being out there because i met so many wonderful people and i remember i remember it's crazy i think in life how when you talk to somebody they activate memories that you probably forgot about or there's spe- specific details that i forgot about and that's what i remember i remember us being in israel and i was going to palestine to go see Bethlehem, because I'm like, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm going out there to see Bethlehem, and nobody else could go with me. There's like, Jared, you know, we can't go because we're Israelis, and they don't want us going over there. And I was like, well, I'm not, so I'm going. So (laughs) I was going. I remember everyone was asking me, you're not scared to travel by yourself? I'm like, F, no, I'm not scared to travel by myself. Who cares? You know, I'll meet somebody there. So as I'm going there, I meet this dude named Ryan and Elizabeth, and then I was like, hey, you guys trying to go to Egypt? And they're like, actually, we are going to Egypt in two weeks. And I met them. We traveled to Egypt together. So when I was out there in Israel, it was fun because I was meeting all these people from just everyone's around the world. So we we're around the world. And the reason why I find it ironic is because. I made all these israeli comedians and then i met these comics from palestine then they hooked me up with these comedians from egypt so now when i go out there if i'm in the middle east man i got nothing but nothing but love out there but that's lar tico herner i don't know if they're married yet just her girlfriend just good freaking people so we're gonna me and my old lady we're probably gonna double date with them when they get back to the city but she really enjoyed the podcast. She really enjoyed the episode. A lot of you guys asking like how to get in contact with her. And she's the first person who does not want to be in contact with. She says, tell them not to email her or anything else. She says she has enough uh, adult problems in her life to deal with. With it's the work that she's in. But that's who she is, Laura Tico. So just a lot of you guys emailing me about her. I was like, yeah, she does not want to be contacted. But I thank her for doing the podcast, though. This is the first time she ever did the podcast. And she was great up here. I don't know why this song is in my head. I don't even know what it is, but it's like. Oh. Kisses, boy, will that make it better? Kiss it. Kiss it, make it better. Why am I thinking of this song? Because P31. Oh, that's what I want. She's my P31. Oh, there. oh, now I remember. Congratulations in order to my dear friend, Jonathan Saffold. He got married this weekend. Shout out to my dog, John Saffold, the brainiac, man. I've been knowing John. Man, the Saffold family... I don't know if I ever talked about this. Saffo family, I'm going to get, me and Joe going to do a podcast, but it's going to be like eight hours, truly eight hours, if me and him sit down and do a podcast. I got to go actually to Kansas and do it with him. We have to physically be in front of each other. We have so many memories. But his brother Jonathan got married, and John, me and John just chopped it up last summer in Europe. I seen him for the first time in like maybe four, 16 years, and I met his nephew, which is Jimmy. And the reason why this story is ironic because this week, uh, I guess I guess we, me and uh, his older brother James, older brother James, we follow each other on you know follow each other Instagram, and uh, I, I see him and I, I just tell him I was like, yo, King Huey, that's his rap name, King Huey, and he says, like yo, my son talks about you all the time. We definitely had a lasting impression on him. It's it's so freaking crazy because his son, Jimmy, is like 13 or 14. 13 or 14. But I remember when he told me he was having a baby. And me having a conversation with his seed was just baffling to me. We're talking about football, and I'm telling him stories about his uncles and stuff like that. And he's telling me what's, what's school like. And I'm just like, Jeremiah used to be small. So let me break it down. There's... It says, Jimmy, Jimmy is the baby, well, he's, the, he's, freaking, he's a teenager, but there's Big James Sappho. And I told him, I reached out to him, and I said, yo, I just want to say I appreciate you, man. And sometimes you got to do that to your friends, tell them that you appreciate them. James was the first big homie we ever had. He was the first dude that was just, like, that told us about college and told us what college was like and told us what the next phase of life was. So I just told him, yo, thank you, man, I appreciate you for just being the big homie. And the whole family is just like, they're the, they're like the Jacksons. They're like the Wayans family. Everyone is funny in that family. And when they're together, the funnier they all are. There's the baby Jessica. Well, she's not a baby. She's dang near 20, 22 years old. But they're all just geniuses. All of them are just freaking geniuses. And Joe, I'm, I'm close with them, but I'm close with Joe. Joe Saffold is pretty much, Joe Saffold was living 20 years ahead of his time. Like, if you would have met Joe 19 years ago, you would have thought it was Rick Ross. Joe Saffel was the person that, if I had an idea, the person who would execute execute the idea and didn't give an F. Joe Saffel was the first dude I know over 270 pounds that just had his shirt off chilling, right? And the beautiful thing about having a shirt off, we didn't care, and we knew, <laughs> so we're like, I forgot, Ah, oh, I, just, I just remember this memory. I remember we uh <laughs> we had to we had to do this thing called two a days, right? Where you had to you get up in the morning, football practice, you get up, work out, then you gotta go at twelve o'clock and you gotta bench press and then at the end you had to, like it was three days really. So we're all working out and running, so we had to run around the building and uh Joe Joe has a shirt off. We all have our shirt off and Coach Al walks up. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh excuse me, Joe, you wanna uh put your shirt on? He goes, no, sir. Why would I want to do that? Because you were uh, exposed. And Joe's like, uh, we're all exposed. What's the problem with me, sir? Why can't I be exposed? Well, um, I'm just saying you're more exposed than anyone else. He goes, we all have our shirts off. What's wrong with my shirt being off? And he, Joe's very body positive. He was a light. That's why I said light years. He was like 20 years ahead of his time. He was doing what we do now about body positivity. He was the most confident dude. So I jump in, I jump in, and he goes, so why is your shirt off? I said, because he has the magic stick. He goes, magic stick? I said, if I know if I can hit once, I can hit twice. He goes, you know what? Everybody take off. You and your magic stick and uh, Mr. Shirt Off, y'all go ahead and take off and run. So we're running, and then I remember just always <laughs> always effing with uh, Coach Howe because uh, <laughs> I remember he's like, all right. Uh, Jared, close us out. I was like, all right. <laughs> no, it was this dude named Dre. Power to the blowski on three. One, two, three. power to the blowski. And we're all breaking out of practice and coach house stops. Oh no, you didn't. You guys don't think I know what the blowski is, huh? You don't think I'm hip about the blowski? First of all, we have a woman present. Sam Little is on this football team, and we don't need to be talking about the blowski. So everyone, get on the line and start running. So he goes, Sam, you don't have to do this because we disrespected you. And I'm just like, man, first of all, Sam squats 245 pounds, man. Well, yeah, man, those are freaking, I remember those freaking times. I actually bumped into my girl, my homie Sam Little. I bumped into her freaking in the Netherlands. I remember her dad, her dad was talking to my dad. And he goes, yeah, yeah, y'all play football together. We chopped it up and said hi. It was just small highs and highs and buys, But shout out to Sam Little. Freak I gotta hit her up. And shout out, congratulations to the Saffle family. To Jonathan Saffle for jumping the broom, getting engaged, and becoming a married man. Sad news, uh Baruch, Lebanon. Man, if you I don't know if you saw that explosion, man, but it was freaking sad. They allegedly there were all these uh I forgot what type of things they had, but they had all these pretty much all these explosives just sitting on the edge of the dock, and it blew up. And to see a bomb blow up like that, it looked like an atomic bomb, to be honest with you, how it blew up and the sound barrier broke. And the reason why it's tough is because my friend Natalie O'Core, she's a stand-up comedian, and one one of the funniest gals, she's a funny comic in general, but one of the funniest gals, she's from Lebanon, and it sucks when it's... It's your, you know what I mean? It's like, she's like our family. So she has her, like, legit family. She left Lebanon to come to New York. She sold all of her jewelry. And it's crazy because last Friday, we were just talking about her coming to America. And she wears all this gold. And I was like, do you love gold? And she goes, I sold all my gold and all my jewels to buy my ticket to New York. And that's what she left. She left Lebanon to become a stand-up comedian. And she's freaking hilarious. So I hit her up to make sure everything's fine. And she says that, no, she's like, thank you for all your messages and checking in. Barut is in very bad shape right now. I don't know where to start. As soon as I find reliable funds to donate, I'll post them. But in the meantime, it would make a huge difference if you could just raise awareness about what's happening by posting it on your wall, like posting it. So Barut receives the help. If you already posted it, I'm talking to the people, non-Lebanese people. I can barely reach my family because of lack of electricity and connection. And all I know is that they are alive. Thank God the city is completely destroyed we've seen wars we've seen bombs over the last decades we've never seen anything like this to all my lebanese brothers and sisters i love you stay strong hopefully we can overcome so like we were just we were just talking about lebanon and how she said there's corruption there's wars and stuff like that and she and then this happens and like i think we live in a society now where we literally could see see things happening you know I think nine eleven was so bad because we physically saw what happened. Like World War Two was bad, but we didn't see like people dying like that. It just all looked like old timey movies. But we literally saw people's iPhones. There's one I saw. This woman was having her wedding, and the bomb explodes or the the explosion happens, and you just see all this glass going. Her special day just completely ruined. So we're gonna play a clip. This clip is from. Uh, this is like the Lebanese CNN. And they're pretty much summing up what's, what's going on and what's happening in Lebanon. And the reason why I'm playing this clip is because Natalie shared this. And I trust Natalie's judgment on Lebanon because you don't want anyone saying anything about your country. I'm going to play this clip. This clip is uh, Natalie Okor. She shared this. And, of course, you want to mention her because... This is someone who she trusts. She shared this clip, and I just want to share it with you about what's really going on in Lebanon if you don't know what's going on. Here we go.
1: This is, whatever way you cut it, the manifestation of the multitude of endless avenues of miserable corruption in Lebanon. What is seen as a political oligarchy has, for decades, hollowed out the entire country from the inside in an endless and ceaselessly worsening series of dysfunction and theft. Yesterday, on Tuesday, August the 4th, in the early evening, we saw the most tremendous example of it, with much of the city laid waste in a blast unlike any it has ever seen. And so many are left wondering, why was that ammonium nitrate stored at the port? how long was it there who knew about it and its risk and who turned a blind eye this though is just the latest and clearest example of a much wider system of dysfunction as government after government in lebanon fails to do its most fundamental job and look after its people
0: that was also pretty much there was like these pretty much explosives they probably just had it stored there but Natalie O'Court shared that clip about the corruption in Lebanon. So we're going to post um, ways to donate to Lebanon, Beirut. But it's just sad, man. You know, you don't want people to die like that. But it was like seeing the sound barrier and see everything else happen. I was like, F, man, that's freaking. That was that was tough. So that was what's happening in the week. Um, also, oh, freak, I do remember. We want to say congratulations to my dog, Preacher Lawson. Preacher Lawson just got on his first NBC show, man. The Lawson brothers, uh I, I know Justin I know both of them. When I moved to Orlando, Florida, um, it's when Preacher, I met Preacher and Justin and Ken Miller and all these Orlando comics. And man, it's just dope seeing somebody that's in your classic comedy. He moved out. I remember he he didn't win America's Got Talent, but he did really good on America's Got Talent. And he moved out to LA from Orlando. And he got homeless, went back to Orlando. He said, F it, I'm going back out there. And that that dude became a star, man. So he just got on his first NBC show, which is great, man. That's dope. I love seeing people like that win, man. I love seeing people win like that. Also, my friend uh, JB Ball, another Tampa comic, he's dropping his comedy album, which is dope. So it's dope just seeing people just freaking. I love it. I freaking love that, man. I freaking love that. I guess the reason why it is because this week, (laughs) <laughs> Freak. this comic his name is matthew Aravello. matthew arvello i met him when he was 16 right i was like 28 i think he's 20 now 16 he was turning he started up when he was 16 years old maybe when he's 15 i met him in long island and he always hits me up and i tell him i was like whenever you want to you know talk comedy or if you just want to hang out just hit me up you know But I realize he's still a a 20, 19-year-old boy, so the advice I give him is, you know, from when I was a teenager, but I have more advice about stand-up comedy. He goes, hey, man, I just want to be around comedy. Let's go to a show. So we go to a show. That's why I brought it up earlier. We go to the show. I'll say, how you been, man? He goes, I've been living in a hotel. I'm like, why are you living in a hotel? This platypus... (laughs) has burnt his house down almost to the ground because he lit an incense in his house because his dad told him his room stuck, and he forgot about it, and his house, his, his room blew up, pretty much blew up. So now his family, during a pandemic, had to go to a hotel. I was like, how pissed is your mom and dad? He goes, they're not pissed, but they're just happy I'm all right. But Matthew is the type of boy that he reminds me so much of myself because the trouble he gets into is to make people laugh. But this blowing up your house is going to make people laugh. This guy got arrested at 15 years old because his dad, he's talking to his dad, and his parents had him when they were 15. So these young parents. And his dad goes, um, he asks his dad, like, what would you do if I run onto this Mets football? Uh, this is a, I think it's a Mets playoff game. He goes, what would you do if I run off and run on the field and jump on the field? And his dad calls him. Uh, pretty much a platypus and goes you don't have the stones to do it so he calls his dad and tells his dad hey take out your phone i'm about to jump right now so his dad takes out of his phone doesn't believe him he jumps on the field and starts running on the field he's running all the fans are cheering him on he's running he's running he's running he gets tackled by the umpire and they arrest him they arrest him because that's illegal so they arrest him they slap cuffs on him and they're shoving him inside there and they're asking him for his ID, and he's a Hispanic kid. You know, Hispanics look older, so he's like, "I'm only 15. I don't have an ID." Like, you shut up! Get in the car! So his dad has to go get him, and his dad is uh, his dad's excited. His dad is high fiving people. That's my freaking son right there! That's my freaking son! So when his dad has to go to the police station, his dad has to act like he's upset. And he goes like I'm so disappointed in you. And he said, he said that he almost broke up his parents' marriage because his dad was like cheering him on. His mom was like, That is not cool. My son is arrested on TV and you're high fiving all your friends. So this kid's name, I'm gonna get him on the podcast, man. He's very he's very unique. It's it's amazing seeing life through his eyes as he's I think he's just turned twenty, him being in college and him exploring life. And like I started to stand up when I was in college. So, like, seeing his view and, like, being in New York City. So, I'm like, dude, you're in New York. Half the battle's being here, and you're actually living here. So, that's why, yeah, Matthew Arvello. Shout out to him. Uh, These are the emails. All right, let's read some of these emails. I was okay. Boom, boom, boom. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, all these emails. Jared, you still have not recorded a One Tree Hill episode. Freak, I know, man. It's been a busy week. I had a busy week. I had to submit this pilot. For like, a Nickelodeon, and I don't feel good about it. I think I probably bombed the pilot. I think I wrote too fast. So, freak, hopefully that works out. Let's get ready to wrap this up. Uh, I'm about to purchase some. Uh, I don't like AirPods. People ask me all the time, do you want to use AirPods? I like using the string headphones because I drop my phone a lot. And how many times have you ever dropped your phone that string has saved it from, like, falling somewhere or falling off a train or anything else? So I don't know about the freaking AirPods. And last, lastly, uh, lastly, we like to dedicate this to Jordan Woods, Jordan Woods, sweet Moses. Oh, the, oh, freak. Okay, I see. All right, this is the last. Oh, this is the last one we have to de- Oh, did I see the WAP video? WAP, WAP vi- Yes, I did see that WAP video. And holy Moses, that's a lot of ham. That was a lot of ham and a lot of cheeks in that video. And uh, yeah, I don't know why Kylie Jenner was in it at all. I just. I feel like we're getting to the point now where a lot of people are just sick of the Kardashians. And freaking, I get it. I get it. It was like kind of like no reason why she was there. She wasn't even twerking in that video. Everyone else is twerking and shaking that asteroid. And Kylie's just walking like a jaguar. I'm like, this is it? This is what Tyga wanted? This this I mean, who was it, Travis Scott? But yeah, they should have had Jordan Woods in that thing. Jordan Woods would have been a whole lot better. Jordan Woods. But uh, when I first watched the video, I was like, why are they saying wet and gushy? But then when I heard the unedited version, I said, sweet Moses. Oh, my word. Wet what? But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the anthem. You know what I mean? It's anthem. It's, it's good that people, I think it's cool when you think about it, that the biggest songs are like the dirtiest songs. Like, I feel bad. I was ready for my wedding because I knew... It would have been, like, when my wedding was in April, I knew now my mother would just be talking to me because of all the nasty songs she was going to hear on that freaking dance floor. She was about to hear the most ratchetest songs that I have in my iPod, which my lady made a good point. She goes, Jerry, you don't curse at all, but your music is so disgusting. And I was like, yeah, it is. It is. For someone who doesn't curse and do a lot of stuff, my music doesn't. If someone took my took my itunes playlist and like golly you got some aggressive music but uh this is the podcast one man one tree in a hill hopefully freak man michelle obama's podcast is so good freak hopefully we improve man hopefully improve next week uh this tuesday we got a podcast dropping uh with jared carpenter jared carpenter is a comedian who he's not a comedian he's actually uh He actually runs this podcast called Wi-Fi and Water, which is dope. It's about needs and wants. We sat down and we chopped it up for an hour. Jared Carpenter, we're going to do this thing like every month. We just chop it up and see what's going on in Philly. He sees what's going on in New York. Also, um, we got a show coming up. If you're in New York City, it's called Tip of the Tongue. Tip of the Tongue is a a show. Me, my friend Paul, and Khalil do. We're going to gas that show up again. We should be starting maybe the following week. This venue we had just lost their liquor license, so we'll be doing that uh subscribe rate review my name is jared waters i'm alone with my own thoughts uh please everyone be safe and love somebody if you are thinking about somebody and you'd like to picture on their mother effing wall say hi i hope all is well boom it's so simple because you don't know how much that can surprise their day or anything else so say hello say hi and oh freak that yeah do that do that do that say hello say hi say I love you because people don't get enough love here people assume that they're loved instead of actually getting I, I love you so say I love you and my name is Jared Waters this is the podcast one man one tree in a hill G double take us out with this intro hey you're live on the podcast one man one tree in a hill say what up to the people now this is when I see black excellence it's Keenan Thompson and I see this giant butt I'm like oh who is that turns out it's Love. it's Dave Chappelle Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, and they're all sitting at the table. And I walk up to Eddie Murphy, and I was like, "Hey, Mr. Murphy, I just want to say you're the goat, man. and You're the coldest that ever walked the face of the earth. You gotta break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right
1: now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said,
0: uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm be the next Jamar neighbors. Yeah. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to.
1: I'll see you soon.